Journey Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Journey Sports Podcast. With Dandy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Journey Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochoprano. Hello, Andy. Morning. Morning. Happy May the 4th be with you. Thank you. May the 4th be with you, also with you. Star Wars nerds unite! We already did this last episode. Did what? We did the whole. We, I brought up May the Fourth. We did Jawa talk. We did the thing. But today is the actual day. Live long and prosper, Andy. That's not Star Wars. <laughs> Don't be bringing that Star triggered. It, it, now is there? I I used to be one of those people, but is there like a legit? And I and I don't know. Is there a legit Star Wars versus Star Trek beef? I think there is, uh, but I think I think you know, for nerd culture, I think they ap- appreciate both. But there's definitely there's definitely Star Wars people versus Star Trek people. Like, could a Star Wars person marry a Trek person? Andy, if you put in Star Wars nerd slash Trekkie wedding. I bet you it's already happened. I bet there's some some porn parodies too. Yeah. Yeah. And Goldberg's seen all of those. Yeah. Every single one. I I did real quick, speaking of that, I did get a request that we had to bring back Goldberg's Yeah. His his uh his NFL where he mocks the NFL draft and he does his like his 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 porn analysis, like he's Mel Kiper okay. Jr. I mean, we missed the boat on it, but that that was an all time dirty sports episode. Yeah, he, he was. Mike we haven't May- had Maddie on him forever. Why, I mean, we're now we're Zoom Streamyard. What? What? Why isn't Goldberg? Goldberg should be here right now. In fact, welcome Maddie Goldberg to the show. We we had him on. What did we have him on? Yeah, recently? I don't remember. We we had him on at some point. I don't know, but that that was an all-time Goldberg. He was mocking Mike Mayock, who I don't know what Mike Mayock is up to these days. He was the GM of the Raiders. Got fired. Before that, he was NFL Network, like their draft analysis. He's probably a consultant somewhere. That's the gig, man, the consultant. Yeah. That's what you want. Um, But we got a good show today. We got... I'll 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 take your word for it. I've not looked at the rundown. One of the coming in blind ones. Like I know what, we, per, what percentage of the rundown do you actually look at? Look at at all? Yeah. I mean at least fifty percent. Look at. 50%. Honestly, percent. I would say the thing for me about looking at the rundown, I don't really read the rundown, is the first thing is like if something's come up that I think we need to talk about, but I think it's uh like basically if if I ever think we need to talk about something and it's not an NFL topic, I check the rundown to see if you've got it on there. 
because we all know if you know Aaron Rodgers takes a shit, we'll do 20 minutes on it. But like, I don't know. Is is Embiid getting the MVP on our rundown? Like, I haven't checked. Of course it is. Of co- of course it is. Well, is, is is our hockey correspondent on the rundown? Do we have? He is. We're, okay. You know, Ron's going to join us here actually in the next few minutes to discuss a little NHL playoffs. And 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 how dare you on the Joel Embiid? I I I am already locked and loaded for a statistical breakdown of him versus Jokic. Great. A little sneak peek. It's one of those, uh, you know, the NBA. They just they just can't keep giving the same guy the award, and that's yeah. how they feel. And it's it's yeah. stupid, and it's almost participation trophy esque. Uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll discuss that when we when we break down the NBA stuff. But yeah, what would we, be what would be the lead story today? Like what what's Andy Ruther is like? What's Andy Ruther's lead story of the day? Well, the lead will be NFL play, or I'm sorry, NBA playoffs. Did you hear NBA that? Fro- did you hear that Freudian slip? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The lead is the NBA playoffs, but you know, our boy, Ryan, he's on a schedule up in Saskatoon, right? He's got some, I don't know. He's got a grain silo to empty or some shit like that. Like what? He's got, we... some, he's got some Jawas to fight up in Saskatoon. Yeah. So he, he's going to be joining us momentarily. In fact, I can tell him to, to hop in the queue, but yeah, the, the lead will be the NBA playoffs. And then, and then we'll kind of see where we go from there. Been a good playoffs. And, and I want to talk about that and, kind of where this rates but uh yeah man i'm just chilling here in the natty getting getting ready for you know star wars day i'm not dressing up i'm not i'm not at that level of nerddom no i should what kind of what t-shirt are you wearing there because honestly that t-shirt it's it's uh, when i was a kid i actually had a three quarters, you know, that's kind of a, I assume, is that a long sleeve shirt or is that like a three quarters baseball shirt? It's a three quarter minor. Like it's the Chattanooga lookouts. I had a very similar shirt, three quarters, red collar and sleeves, black front, or it might've been white front with black. And it was a star Wars. Like it was like a picture of the emperor and in like the, you know, in his like fucking, space background emperor lair in front of the window so it's very similar to uh i was like you, had, you had an emperor shirt oh yeah i mean we had listen star wars was was again when you're young like when i'm like four or five and return of the Jedi, like that's just shit you're you know especially with an older brother who is a nerd who is a trekkie who di- who has seen every episode of star you know, Sequest DSV and used to be up late at night watching Star Trek, the next generation when we would come home from bars. Uh, That was just like, you know, they're just like, okay, I guess we're getting everybody like Star Wars shit. Wow. I didn't realize, I I didn't realize when I could finally express my own opinions. I was like, I like sports. Yeah. I was going to say, I didn't realize the level of dorkdom Sequest. Oh, my brother, it's it's actually very famous. Like all me and my friends would go out to high school parties, college parties, bars, whatever. And we'd come home to John sitting there alone watching reruns of Star Trek, The Next Generation. And then he'd be like, Are we going to 7-Eleven to get some beers and harass the cashier. I'd be like, all right, let's go. And then we'd come <laughs> home. We have to watch Sequest DSV or some other bullshit John thing. I don't even know what DSV stands for. Uh, Deep Sea Voyager, I think. 
was that a now is that a runoff of the regular Sequest or was it always C- no it's always Sequest C- DSV okay I didn't know that yeah Sequest was just Star Trek underwater with Roy Scheider and a talking dolphin there was and a talking the, dolphin yeah Darwin and the kid who hung himself <laughs> from Ladybugs that guy hung himself the guy from uh yeah never ending so. story too never ending story too yeah jonathan whatever brandis yeah he hung, he hung himself? himself i think so no pretty sure bro young hollywood will get you man he was he wasn't that old he was he was 27 yeah, he was hanging in a hallway of his L.A. apartment. No respect, huh? Damn. He was reportedly depressed about his waning career. Man. My As- brother also depressed about his waning career. <laughs> he was like, bring back Sequest DSV. Everybody will be happy. <laughs> You know, you know, poor Jonathan Brandis. If you would have known, man, you know how much money you'd be making on Cameo nowadays for guys like your brother. Oh yeah, totally. Like if they would have known the technology, that's the thing. If you've ever made it in Hollywood, now with all these avenue streams to you know revenue streams, I should say to make money. Man, all right. Well, on that somber note, I think we should do a little uplifting NHL playoffs. What do you think Great. about that? I have a lot of questions for Ryan to be told. Good. About Good. Let's, let's bring on our, uh, our resident dirty sports hockey correspondent, Ryan Klatt. Ryan, welcome back to the show, bud. Hello, Andy. Hello, Joe. <laughs> Ryan, first of all, congratulations to your Leafs. Thank you very much. Oh, big, man. big first, big first series win. And how long? 19 years. Wow. 19 years. And sorry, mom. Sorry, dad, for the language you're about to hear. But they fucking did it. They fucking <laughs> did it. Finally. That's the most Canadian shit of all time. <laughs> sorry, mom. Sorry, dad. I'm going to say the F word. Yeah. My brother used to come home and be like, what? No fucking DSV. <laughs> uh, Ryan. Um, you're like, like what, t- take me through that, that win for you. Like how does, like what, what were the emotions? Okay. So about that, um, specifically game six, I have a bit of a story about that. So I was at my sister's place for supper and I had the game recording at home. So I was behind, I'm, I get home, I'm trying to catch up. I'm behind on the recording. Me and my wife are watching and I'm on the edge of my seat, of course. And, I get to the end of the recording and the third period is over. It's tie game. So I was like, well, no big deal. I have uh, the programming after recorded. So I flip over to that, but it went straight to the Oiler game. And I was like, oh shit. So I quickly flip over to uh, the correct channel and they're in the handshake line. So I missed it. I fucking missed the moment. 19 years, but maybe that's what it took. Maybe I was the curse all along so you know they're shaking hands and my wife's like what's going on what happened and i was like well they must have won because they're shaking hands like tampa couldn't have won they're right. shaking hands leafs were up three to two so i missed the moment but and so now, i was kind of devastated I have so many i've now i have follow-up questions because of the story what's with your sister the, the game can't be on at dinner at your sister's 
Uh, yeah, it could have been, I guess. I was, <laughs> I didn't press the issue. I was just like, whatever. I've got it recording at home. No big deal. They're gonna close this out. I, I'm, I can't. Time. I have I have the Mets regular season game on right here next to me, so I can watch <laughs> while I'm fucking doing Dirty Sports podcast. You're not watching the first series win. I guess I'm a fake fan or something. No, you're a good, you're a real fan. You just got, you just got bad family. It was, yeah, it was, uh, (laughs) it was bad timing for sure. So I was a little devastated at first, but a couple of Miller lights later and I was feeling a bit happier. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, 20, you know, almost 20 years without a playoff series win. So you get that big win, and then you take an L last. When did you, when when did the, when did, not to bring up the bad news, but you guys took an L when a couple nights ago. Yeah, on Tuesday night. Yeah, they lost game one. So, but same situation as two weeks ago when I was on. They lost game one on a Tuesday. I come on the show on a Thursday. Game two is tonight. So hoping for the same result. And who are you guys playing now? The Florida Panthers. Okay, great segue into yeah. this Florida Panthers Boston Bruins series. Just tell, like, how does that? I don't like explain hockey to me. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if you listened last episode, but like, explain. I did, yeah. Like, like, I don't even get it. Like, everybody's going, and I know you said, "Hey, a couple years ago this happened," but like, I at this point, I'm watching these games, and I said it last episode. It's, it's every goal. It would, you know, with with few exceptions, these breakaways or these amazing passes to a guy who's just basically, you know, have a, has an open side of the net to put it in. Every single goal in the NHL feels like a fucking fluke to me. It hits off somebody's pad and then they sneak it in while they're down or it like hits the nub of somebody's stick and gets deflected. Like what makes a fucking good hockey team if the best team points wise of all time can lose in the first round? Hard work. Beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Okay. That's what I'll say. Like in this series specifically, like, so the Bruins obviously set the record for best regular season ever. We knew that. Three to one series lead. So now all the pressure is kind of on them. They're expected to win. They're expected to move on. And the Panthers, the whole season, they're on the outside looking into the playoffs. But And they got hot the last two weeks of the regular season. They've been playing playoff hockey for the last stretch of the regular season too. So they're already kind of, you know, they're geared up for the playoffs already sneaking in. And man, they were just, they were winning the battles. Their forecheck was just, they were junkyard dogs on raw meat. They were just, they were after the Bruins there. And the Bruins, I'll say like in their season, I sound like a broken record, always going back to goaltending, but um, the Bruins kind of went with a 1A, 1B goaltending tandem. Their main guy, Linus Allmark, he's going to win the Vesna this year. His numbers were outstanding in the regular season. They weren't getting the saves from him. And, you know, it kind of came out after the series that he was dealing with an injury. So I don't know why they didn't go with the other guy sooner. If your mobility is hampered a bit, you can't, you know, they went with Swayman in game seven, but it was just, it was too late. The Panthers were just all over them. No, you said hard work, but like to me with everything I know about sort of expansion in hockey and in sports in general. And, you know, like I'm sure the talent overall, like every sport ever um, is better than it's ever been. But I also have to imagine that in the same way as the NBA used to have 
stacked teams because you know the like you look at the 80s celtics or the 80s lakers or stuff like that when when the league was smaller and teams could have more you know say in who they got that teams were were better overall like there were the 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 great teams were better overall i got to imagine that this isn't the single most talented roster in nhl history in this bruins team but to have the most points ever has to be a, a team that that played hard the whole year didn't take games off didn't you know didn't just like lose easy ones yeah like coming into this year no one expected the Bruins to have the season they were gonna have like they have a good team but no one expected that I think back to like when the Warriors set that 73 win season I felt like from game one we were talking about this team's gonna break the record and then they went on that insane crazy start and that you know so yeah, I, they were cruising all year long. And, I mean, to bring it, to compare it hockey to basketball, like you guys, when you were talking about it last episode or last week or whatever, like how does this happen in hockey? But in basketball, like there was no way that 73-win Warriors team was ever going to lose in the first round. Like I think we can tackle this from a common-sense standpoint. Like there's just more variables in hockey, right? Is it, is it closer? Is it closer to baseball in that, like, you know, you go to playoff baseball, and if you're if you're starting pitching is great, you can obviously be, beat anyone. And if you're starting pitching is bad, you know, uh, the the best lineup in baseball can you know lose any game. Um, is is goaltending in hockey essentially starting pitching in baseball? Essentially, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of factors, but goaltending is the most important, and Bruins weren't getting the saves and uh, to bring it to the Leafs lightning series, the lightning weren't getting the saves from Vasilevsky that they were getting the last three years, which made him the best goaltender in the world. So now, now switch over because there's so much talk of this goaltending and these upsets switch over to my now eliminated New York Rangers all I basically I follow hockey in the occasional game I tune into and then, you know, memes and I see online and people I see posting my I have a lot of friends who are Rangers fans, obviously. So the the general consensus seemingly from them is their goalie played great, but no one else helped. And then also the the devil's goalie also played really, really well. So, you know, it seems like it's got to be a little bit more than goaltending because everybody's saying, Oh, Igor did everything and no one fucking scored any goals for him. Yeah. So the Rangers Devils series, I mean, the first two games, Rangers dominated devils make a goaltending switch. They bring in this young Swiss kid, Amira Schmid or Schmid or something. I had never even heard of him before. He comes in and he was... Dev, hold on. Devin sounds like a sexual term. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude. The Schmied all over. Like, yeah. hey, right? I'll bring anyway. up the dictionary for that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> continue. So he comes in and he was just kicking. Like, he was, he was really good for them. So, yeah, that was a big swing in... It was kind of a tale of two series. Like, De- Rangers dominate the first two games. Devils make a switch. Then all of a sudden... You know, your team's getting saves. You get more confidence. And um, I know I, I said I like the Rangers going into that one more because of their experience. But I think um, Devils just more of a cohesive team. I'm not an analytics 
nerd, but apparently the devils are like a really elite five on five possession, you know, generating chances team. And I think a lot of people accusing the Rangers of just being a collection of stars that aren't really gelling together as well as uh, the devils. And I've heard, I've heard from friends from Twitter, from whatever that, a lot of people are sort of calling for the coach now. Like, again, this is, this is kind of what I don't, I mean, obviously every sport is going to have great coaches that have, you know, historical, like great records and have taken teams to championships or multiple teams to championships. But it seems like in hockey more so than other sports, you'll have these coaches and be like, man, they did a great job with this team. And then the next two years later, they're fired or mm-hmm. they don't get another chance with another team or whatever. It's like, I, to me, again, and this is just coming from a guy who's watched a, a lot of hockey over my time on planet Earth, but it all just feels very, like, random. Yeah, I from an outsider's perspective, yeah, like, and specifically for New York's coach, Gerard Gallant, he's been unfairly fired twice before. Like, he was the coach of the Panthers, got canned even after, you know, doing pretty well with a, you know, not historically great Panthers team. He goes over to Vegas, brings them to the cup final, their first year as an expansion. Yeah. Team. That's insane. And then you would like think that would be a, later, a job for life. Yeah. You would think. And a few years later he gets canned and people were like shocked by that. And now he's in the hot seat again with the Rangers. But I mean, it's playoff hockey, man. Like, there's it's a tough matchup there's no easy matchups especially this year you know the odd year you say oh yeah that team's gonna walk all over that team but not this year can i hop in here real quick I, we talk about the comparison with pitchers and, and joe was talking about with the goalie so i was so i was watching a little little hockey last night and Ooh. yeah and i saw i saw how quickly the devils pulled their goalie yeah, the they, Hurricanes. Now, 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 let me ask you that: like, is that is that the equivalent of a pitcher is getting rocked early, and they're like, we got to just make a switch? Yeah, sometimes you got to just not just for you know my goalie is playing bad sake, but it kind of can wake up your team, right? Like it's like holy shit, this guy's getting shelled, and we got to we let him down. He's getting yanked, so it it can so that wake could be up normal. your team. Oh, yeah, like okay. the Oilers, like to bring it to the Oilers-Kings series, huge pivotal moment in that series. The Kings are up 2-1 to one in the series. Game four, they're up 3 nothing after the first period. Oilers pull their goalie, and uh, Jack Campbell comes in and was outstanding for them. They wound up winning game four, and they win the last two games, too. So, you know, big swings like that. You know, sometimes the coach, you know, they try to, switch the goalie not just for performance but to wake their team up and didn't work for the devils last night though i don't know what happened with that game the devils just they got schmied on they got schmied on yeah <laughs> that's right so i was also watching a little bit of the uh of the the golden knights i'm not gonna miss say it right so it's the golden knights i gotta ask you man i felt like there was a lot of empty seats at the, the Golden Knights game. Well, maybe it's because they had just started the second period, and I know people were filing back, but I watched a fair enough into the second period, 
I, I wanted your perspective on that. This is all I'm going to say. I watched earlier the game that was in, was it Raleigh, where the, where the Hurricanes play? Yeah. And yeah, the crowd was turned. And yeah. the crowd was going nuts. And then the crowd for the the Vegas game, I don't know. It, they didn't seem too excited, but I thought they were they were behind their team. I just wanted your perspective because, again, I, I know nothing about these teams or have followed them. Well, I find that surprising. Like, I, I've been working evenings now, so I missed that game. But I find that it's surprising. Usually Vegas is a pretty rowdy crowd, so okay. I'd have to look back on the numbers on that. But uh, and yeah, I'm sure maybe, maybe you caught a bad time there. But Well, that's what I'm saying. And I'm sure it was sold out. And like I said, maybe people were just filing back. But I watched enough of that period to be like, well, then where are they? Right. And, and it was just it was it was just it was just noticeable because it was near the ice. Right. Um, Those are the rich people that are out there getting their cocktails between periods. Right. Screaming at players as they come through. All right. Let's talk about what's what we've got, you know, a little bit of a preview. I know some of these series have started Mm -hmm. Um, going forward. Where are we at? What are the you know, you've given us some storylines for the first round. What are the storylines moving forward? Who who are we watching? Okay, so. Obviously, my pick out of the East didn't pan out to Bruins. I mean, they were a lot of people's pick. So my pick out of the West was the Oilers. And I've just got this feeling in my gut, man. The Oilers, are they look good. They lost game one last night, but their power play is so lethal that, like, they had the best power play in regular season history. Um, and they were over 57% in round one which is the highest ever in a playoff series. So I guess Vegas has got to stay out of the box, which they usually do. They're a pretty low penalized team. They only took three penalties last night and the Oilers were two for three on the power play. So I uh, no, I still like the Oilers. They lost game one against the Kings as well. Um, I, I like them a lot other than them. Like, so there's Dallas and Seattle now. Oh, we didn't get into really Seattle upsetting Colorado, which was, I would say like equally as shocking as the Bruins losing wow. Colorado losing. So Seattle, this ragtag group of misfits moving on and uh, they were able to win game one in overtime thrilling fashion. So um, one key I'll say about Seattle and it might be a theme for me going forward. Couple of good Sasky boys on the team. Oh boy. You need one or two good Saskatchewan boys on the team. So, uh, you got Jaden Schwartz. Sasky boys, good Sasky boys. You need them. You look at some recent winners; they have at least one or two every year. So, so Jaden Schwartz and uh, Jordan Everly, a couple of good Sasky boys on the on the Kraken. And uh, they say, you know, you know, old saying: don't find yourself alone with a couple Sasky boys late at night. You might get schmied on. Well, yeah, every everyone knows that saying. So. <laughs> So, yeah, I, uh, going into that one, I do like Dallas a bit more, but I mean, Seattle just might go on one of those surprising runs again. I, I don't know what to say. Like, they're just, they're, you look at their team on paper, they're not that good. They just, they win those battles below the goal line. Well, that's, I mean, just... that's sort of what, that's sort of what has been the theme of this playoffs, this show is, is and what we're learning as, you know, guys who are trying, it's like, well, that's hockey. Yeah, it, that's all I can tell you. Well, 
I guess that's why they call it hockey. I guess coach. change your goalie or fire your coach or whatever. <laughs> but that's got to make or it do whatever like, you want. To me, that, that that definitely makes it appealing of. You know, like there could be arguments for both, like to compare right. it to basketball, right? Like if a team's shooting well, like the ball's just soaring through the air, it's going to go in the bucket, right? right? Assuming you get your shot off, the ball's just going to go in. In hockey, there's just more variables. There's guys in front of the net. There's the goalie, obviously, guarding the net. A lot of shit can happen. More guys on the team, more moving pieces to a hockey team. There's just Well, that's what I was gonna going to ask you, on. too. When it, when it comes to coaching, like, you know, in basketball, and, and my team is in this right now, like, the, Tom Thibodeau has a philosophy, right. you know, um, and that is something that uh, – will always sort of be a part of his teams is like, okay, you're going to build it on defense and we're just trying to try to, you know, play real defensive battles. But I think that we have a a decided coaching disadvantage in this series where from a a game to game perspective, Spolster is just going to make way more adjustments and be a way better in-game coach. Now the Knicks might be more talented and have a philosophy that can take them through a series where, you know, the other team's got guys hurt and whatever. But um, in hockey, what is like, what's an in-game, ah, man, get more deflections off your skate for weird goals between guys' legs. Like, what's, what, what are like in-game coaching moves besides like, are you sit, literally just sitting there going like, do I pull my goalie or do I not pull my goalie? Um, so in terms of in-game decisions, you can juggle the lines, right? Mix up your lines. Throw the lines in a blender if they're not working. Just okay. mix it up like that. Um, you mentioned like coaches in basketball bring a philosophy. So like going into seasons, like I know coaches, you know, they have a structure in mind. I don't think that would necessarily change much game to game, but I mean, I could be wrong on that. So, but I mean, coaches during a game could be like, Hey, instead of the two, one, two, four check, we're going a one, two, two or whatever. Or maybe they'll say this specific line is going to send two guys in deep. This specific line might not. So little things like that, you might mix up your power play units. just like, this guy's cold. Like I'm getting him off the first power play unit. Just little stuff like that. So I'm going to ask you one more question because I keep hearing it from you. From everybody, well, every Barry Melrose, everybody who talks about hockey. Just explain forechecking to me. What the fuck are we talking about? Forechecking? It's like when the puck goes into the opposing team's end, like you're yep. chasing after the puck. Go yep. in there and check their D-man, try to get send, the You puck. send the puck down, it goes into there, goes past down, past their goal line, into a corner, whatever. You're just going forward. That's your four, and you're hitting yep. guys and, and potentially getting the, the puck back taking yeah. possession of the puck in their zone with your checking ability. Exactly. Yeah. And conversely back checking is when the opposing team is skating down the ice and you got to chase after them. And, you know, we got a, uh, a YouTube question for you. Oh, what's this? What team would you like to see Bedard land in the draft? I have no Ooh. clue. Like I have no clue. What, what does this even mean? Break this down. Uh, I Bedard? mentioned it. I mentioned it uh, in my call a couple weeks ago, if you were paying attention, but <laughs> Connor Bedard's like the, Oh yeah. The, the, next, great, the num- next great Connor. Yeah. He's like the consensus number one overall pick. Very, very big deal this year. Once in an every 10 years prospect, where would I like to see him go? I mean, the ducks have the best odds, I believe. 
And how um, does it, is it a lottery? It's a lottery. Yeah. And um, so teams, every team that uh, missed the playoffs is in the lottery and they can move up to 10 spots. So the team that finished 11th from last could potentially get the number one overall pick. And they do draws for the first three picks in the draft. So you draw for third overall, second overall, and first overall. So, and then after that, it just goes in order? Correct. Yeah. So but, where would I like to see him go? I mean, hopefully not Columbus. I mean, that would be kind of bad for late. I'm sure Batman doesn't want that. He's probably going to pull some strings, the old puppet master what's what's okay that that's so that's my neck of the woods a little a little north of me a little, a little ohio what's the deal with the columbus blue jackets i mean they've got good fans it looks like they they signed a, the biggest free agent in the off season last year johnny gaudreau who shocked the hockey world he left money and term on the table in calgary to go to columbus which everyone was like what the f- he doing so like have you been to ohio bro (laughs) yeah basically not to shit on andy's you know home too much because it's not like i live anywhere exciting but yeah hey hey it's all good which which by the way i want to ask you one last question a personal question speaking sure where you live take me through like we all know how like american kids are with sports and like what we grow up and when we start getting involved in sports Take me through like you in hockey. Like at what age are you starting to play hockey? And at what age are you learning how to skate? I mean, my story isn't as typical as most kids. So, I mean, for most kids, you know, you're starting to skate at three or four years old. And I, I learned to skate at that age too, you know, right from my age. But I didn't join hockey until a bit later. I didn't start playing organized hockey until I was 10 which is very late. Like usually you're playing organized hockey by the time Kresge you're was five. playing professional hockey then. Yeah. He was scoring, you know, 400 <laughs> goals a season against kids older than him by then. But uh, yeah, that's usually how it goes. And, you know, I grew up in a small town of 1200 people. So it was hockey and we have a bit of a baseball program. Not much. I played baseball for maybe a few years, but it's mostly hockey. And, Okay, well, uh, Ryan, always good. You know, you know this this is good stuff. We're we're learning a lot. The Dirtball Fam is learning a lot. I I don't want to actually. I'm gonna say I'll say I don't want to say this, but I will. I mean, your two appearances, we've learned more than every other former correspondence appearances like ever combined. Oh, well, I've had a you know Joe talks about his driving off the freeway moment with Chevelli and him thinking that. Uh, <laughs> Mike Tyson was Muhammad Ali. Like I had a couple of those moments with those, like Jake Bruder, that fucking donkey. He, yeah. He, <laughs> he said that uh, Malcolm Subban was the first black goaltender to start in the NHL. Like that made me almost drive off the freeway. It's like Grant Fuhr, ever heard of him? Uh, Kevin Weeks, Freddie Brathwaite. So what you're saying is it took us, uh, it took us a while to find weird, someone weird for the, uh, for, for the people that make you want to drive off the road, Shabelli and Bruder. Let's see <laughs> if we can figure out what those guys have in common. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's, you know, it's funny. It's like, again, I, I would know nothing now, now, but hold on. I, I do want to give a, one little caveat on this, but I don't know if we talked enough about hockey, like Alexis see, does she seem to, Somewhat know what yeah. she was talking about, right? Well, and she certainly like 
was more charismatic and probably like she's like a <laughs> professional now and yeah, you know yeah. i've got i've got my monotone voice unfortunately that's yeah not... but that's what we that's what we like we like the mon- <laughs> you're you're not the only guy working in hockey with a monotone canadian voice yeah, i feel like enough. i feel like there's not there's you know most hockey games i listen to you're the guy fucking doing the color commentary <laughs> yeah that's true but for alexis she did seem to know, but there was one thing I remember. She didn't know the awards from each other. Like, Joe, I think you even kind of knew a bit more than she did. Like, she didn't know what the con Smythe was and stuff like that. I'm sure she knows now that she, you know, works for the Minnesota Wild or whatever she does now. But um, So that All was right. one thing that stuck out. Thanks again. And uh, we'll keep bringing you on throughout these playoffs. This is, this yeah. is very informative. We're only in the this second round here. Oh yeah, well, let's keep going. Yeah, well, thanks for bringing me on again. It's always fun, and uh, keep and, your stick on the ice. And 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 dirtballs can follow you on Twitter at, at rclat. That's K L A T T eighteen. Yes, they can, and I've had quite a few new follows uh, from my appearance. So I guess that's uh, a good thing. All right. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining the uh, show today and we'll be in touch and we'll bring you back when we move to the, what would be the conference finals next? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. If it works out. Yeah. Let's yeah. Uh, do it again. And uh, may the fourth be with you. I don't know if you discussed <laughs> that already, but we, we did. And uh, okay. also with you, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Take care. I love that voice, by the way. Yeah. Like he, he is the most, Canadian like like if I had a stereotype of a how a Canadian sounds and talks yeah. it'd be Ryan Clatt. Yeah. Learning a lot here, Joe. Yeah. Just 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 learning a lot. But at the same time, <laughs> he's kind of reinforcing everything you've said. I'm just like, yeah. eh, it's hockey. And that's hockey. <laughs> like, like I I can see the allure for the sport though right but it's like you know even even like you talk about like the devils it's like well the devils they 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 it was a total game changer in their series they pull their goalie and they put it in this other goalie and they beat the team that they weren't expected to beat and then game one they pull that guy and you're like all right fuck it (laughs) it doesn't seem and i know they're 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 been juggernauts but like it just seems like right now like I remember growing up. Let's see if I'm. Let's see if I have any knowledge of this. Like Detroit was really good for a while, weren't they? Yeah. Like they were. They won a bunch. Yeah. It's like I I can remember those days. Penguins but like, won a couple. The Penguins, yeah. Pittsburgh uh, was really good. I mean, Islanders probably before your time, early in my time, uh, a four straight, I believe. So it's like I remember all that, but now it just feels like hey. Anything is possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is Kevin? When's Kevin Dur or Kevin Gar- Kevin Garnett, not Kevin Durant? When's Kevin Garnett going to start working for the yeah. uh, the Hockey Network? Well, I think that's a good segue to actually discuss um, the NBA playoffs because I think there is a crossover with the quote unquote anything is possible this year. We've already seen a number one seed ousted. Yeah. And I just think that of all my years in recent memory, and we had a call about this, 
but we can just discuss it. And that'll be a good segue. I can't remember not only so much parody, but the parody that brings the excitement to these games for total must see TV, because we don't know who the finals are. Whereas I was thinking, right, like growing up in the 90s, you're like, okay, it's going to be the Bulls versus right. whoever in the finals. And then it was the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe. And then it was the Warriors, right? And then it was the Heat were in there, of course. But my point is, this year, unlike any in, I can't remember. It's totally up in the air. Well, I think something that's happened um, – and, and it's specifically if you look at like the Lakers Warriors, for example, you have teams built around stars that are getting a little bit older. Um, the grind is a little bit harder now, <clears throat> more and more. I mean, first of all, LeBron James is playing at a level at an age that's never been done before. No one's been as old as LeBron is with as much uh, miles on his tires. Um, and then still playing at an elite level. Like it's something <clears throat> we've never seen before. And the reason we've never seen it before, obviously, you know, advancements in health and fitness and all that, but this, uh, you know, smart and it pisses some people off, but the smart uh, idea of, you know, like the, the rest, the, the load management, we're now getting to the point where people are smarter about, Hey, if I take off a day or two here and there, I don't have to skip two full seasons and fucking lay down, you know? Um, so, you know, and, and we talked about it last episode. That's something that Shaq was probably the, the, the OG at and, and it wasn't load management and it obviously caused, but he was just like, I ain't playing for like three months, but then I'll be super healthy. coming come to playoff time is, you know, it affects your, it affects your, uh, seating, obviously, and it affected the Lakers to the point. I mean, obviously LeBron was also injured, but it affects your seating to the point where they had to play a play in game. But you look at, you know, the Warriors, they didn't have to play a play in game, but they're like, does it really like we've done this so much? Like, does it really matter if we have to play game one on the road or game one at home? Like in the long run, our health, uh, you know, for Steph and Clay and Draymond and whoever else is going to be far more important than are we going to play a game seven at home or on the road? And not that, you know, some of these injuries, like what happened to Giannis or what happened to Embiid or what happened to Jimmy Butler or any of the, not that any of the injuries that are currently affecting or have affected teams in this playoffs are necessarily things that would have been avoided by load management. But I mean, if you look around sports these days, it's just it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of wear and tear. Everything's so fast and you're going so hard that, you know, injuries are going to happen. So I think when you look at it, it's like on paper are the Warriors. I mean, the, the Warriors are defending champs. So on yeah. paper, obviously not a six seed. So it's like, oh, we don't know what's going to happen because suddenly the Warriors have to play the two seed in round one. They've got to play a Laker team that's surging in round two. It seems like from a seeding standpoint, anybody can win. But at the same time, when you look at the teams that are there, they're kind of the usual suspects. Oh, a LeBron team, a Steph team, a Kevin Durant team, the Miami Heat, the Nuggets, like 
you go through the, you know, Boston, you go through the teams that are there and Embiid Celtics or uh, Sixers team. Like it's sort of the usual suspects from a player's standpoint, but just different in terms of maybe where some of those players ended up and seeding and whatever. Like, I don't think anybody thought the Miami Heat would be an eight seed coming into this season. Well, yeah, exactly. And that's what makes it way more compelling, right? You have good teams that have been there recently, but they're not high seats. Right. And and it, we have these matchups early on. It's just the second round, right? Where you're like, hey, th- these have more conference finals slash finals vibes. But if I had told you coming into this year, the Western Conference semifinals are one seed Denver, two seed Phoenix, three seed Warriors, four seed Lakers, you'd be like, yeah, I can see that. Sure. It just so happens they're one, four, six, and seven or whatever. Yeah. No, for sure. And and I think, you know, I, I so I stayed up and I watched from basically start to finish that Lakers Warriors. But that's my point. Like normally I'm like, dude, these I mean those games gonna run late here, man. Like when it's all said and done, starting late, you know, commercials, like it's it's damn near one o'clock a.m. Eastern time. But it's like they've been so compelling throughout, you know they're gonna come down to the end. Even when yeah. the Lakers went up 14. I I'm mean, si- listen, when you talk about it, you 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 look around the league right now and the the quality of stars on every team. And the way it's played into these matchups, uh, you know, sort of historic teams in the East, uh, another matchup in the East that has a lot of history, LeBron, Steph, you know, Jokic, KD, like I guarantee you, I mean, if you look at it, game seven for the uh, Kings Warriors is the most watched first round game in 24 seasons, 24 seasons. Do you know how long we've had streaming television? Like five seasons of streaming NBA? You're going back 24 years. Like the idea of even breaking any sort of going back further than we've had streaming is crazy because think about how many people are watching it illegal, how many people are watching it on live sports on Hulu, how many people are watching it on an app, whatever. Um, the highest rated first round game in 24 years. I guarantee you, Whichever game of the Lakers Warriors series falls on a Saturday or Sunday this week, probably a game three on the Sunday, I would think, um, is going to be the highest watched second round game in it'll God be, knows it'll how be many Saturday. They're, they're, Saturday. They're only getting so the Lakers Warriors are only getting a day off in between each game. Okay. And tonight's so game, they, yeah. And tonight's game smartly is nine. Like there's right. like for someone on the East Coast like me, there's a huge difference between a, a start time at ten versus nine, right? For your sleep time, so it's, so tonight would be nine. But yeah, it's it, it's been real, just just really interesting how it's played out. And also, I think we're gonna have, you know, we're, we're what minus the Denver Sun series, we're all locked it. Well, I guess the Lakers haven't. I, I know it's terrible. I'm assuming the Lakers lose tonight, but maybe you know, yeah. I think they're all gonna be one one. Yeah, I, just, I mean, I, I would, I certainly wouldn't make that assumption, but it looks like they're going to be close games. Even, I mean, even the the second game. Like, listen, I I said prior to the Suns um, Denver series that I still like Denver. I think just Denver's 
you know, depth um, is, is the difference in that series. Yes. The Suns have probably the second and the third best player on the court. You could argue maybe um, guys, you know, getting hot could be better in any particular game than Jokic. Um, But on paper, you could say they've got at least the second and the third best player on the court. Um, but normally that would be such a big factor. They're just so top heavy and not that they're not a deep team, but Denver is just so, so deep um, that, you know, you, you really can't like, I just thought it's a Denver series, uh, but it's still just two home wins, you know, like again, uh, Suns win game three at home. It's exactly how it's supposed to go. I think Denver wins that series. I don't think it's going to be a sweep. Um, and I think the games will be close, but I just really think it's Denver's depth. And, you know, we can, this is an easy conversation transition into the MVP award if you want, or we save it. But, uh, I just think their depth combined with their, their best player being a guy who gets, everybody involved and gets their depth involved and can get guys hot and can, you know, you can say, Hey, Murray playoff, Murray bubble, Murray, whatever. Uh, he goes for 40 something in game one. That's all Jokic too. Like it's all run through him. And there's a lot of big men through the years that you're playing inside out, but like playing inside out through a guy who's such an elite passer is why they're they're always going to have the opportunity for a guy just to have a game where he goes off, even if it's not Jokic. Well, well, you know, it's funny. You were confident last episode that Jokic wins this. Embiid essentially runs away with the MVP. I kind of thought, and and it's kind of, um, I guess, stupid at this point. But I kind of thought when you look at them statistically. You specifically look at them like, in my opinion, Jokic is better statistically when you look across the board, uh, uh, essentially everything besides the scoring. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's not defense. even close. Right. But, 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 but even the, but, but here's the thing, but even the defense, the, the argument, obviously Embiid has more blocks. Jokic, they're pretty similar in steals, but like, but like, that's, that's my point. Like it's, it's if you want to do a deep dive, and I know but a lot of people. But if you want to go don't. to the advanced stats, oh, exactly. dude, it, dude, it, advanced stats. It's but the thing about the advanced stats with Jokic is it's really not even a conversation of Jokic versus Embiid. If you look at the advanced stats, Jokic just leads the league in just about fucking everything from an advanced statistical point. Now, uh, to me, it was obvious. I mean, the records are essentially identical. You know, you could say, well, this guy's playing in a harder conference or this guy's playing in a harder conference, whatever. But like one guy ends up the one seed, one guy ends up the three seed. Um, wins are about the same. But when you look at win shares and you look at VORP and you look at offensive rating and you look at all that stuff, to me, it just seemed like with if, if you know, the Sixers had won 65 games, I get it. But when we're not talking about the uh, uh, one team's success um, being, you know, dramatically larger than the other, and when you're not talking about like, yeah, the, the the Nuggets have crazy depth, but they don't have another star, you know, per se. Certainly not on the level of like a James Harden second 
fiddle kind of thing to Embiid. To me, it just seemed obvious that from a statistical standpoint, this was Jokic's probably best season out of the ones that he won MVP on. And I kind of thought we're past this point. Like we're done with this thing of, well, you can't just give it. And listen, as a LeBron guy, historically, the idea that you're not going to give it to LeBron the eight times in a row, he deserved it. So you shouldn't give it to Jokic. Yeah, I get it. But also, shouldn't we just move on from this at some point? But that's my point. It was the same way with Jordan. It was the same way with Jordan. Right. Jordan should have been been winning the MVP every year. I don't know why the NBA is so stuck on this. Like I said, it's like a participation. Well, we can't keep giving it to you. Why not? If Jokic is the best all-around player on the number one seed in the harder conference – and he statistically is better in basically every category, minus points and blocks. There's not really a discussion here. Yeah. Uh, to me, it really, it, it's, I, I don't want to take anything away from Embiid. Like he had an MVP caliber season, but there's been a lot of MVP caliber seasons through the years where it's just like, yeah, but there was somebody better. You know, that's kind of the argument with the Jordan years and certainly the LeBron years is like no one's saying Kevin Durant didn't have an MVP season. No one's saying Steph didn't or Russell Westbrook didn't or whoever Carl did. Malone. Yeah, or Carl Malone or, or Barkley or whatever. But it's just like and, and, and we're sort of repeating ourselves because we do this every few years. And I, I actually think. The reason that I thought it would be Jokic is we haven't had to have this conversation in a few years. We essentially haven't had to have it since, I don't know, like a Russell Westbrook, James Harden kind of thing. Like Jokic and and Giannis, who are the last four before this, am I correct? Yes. Kind of deserved the MVP awards, if you ask me, like you, we didn't have to do that, that definition that we've said many times on the show. It just, it seems like the NBA MVP is stands for something, but it doesn't stand for most valuable player. Uh, like it, you can shit on advanced statistics if you're a nerd, all you want, but wind shares and VORP like pretty good definitions for your value to your team for sure. And, and, and that's the thing. I, th- I think those stats aren't talked about enough. I know we've talked about them at length, but again, I'll, I'll just say this and, and take the stats out of it. And I'll ask you this question. So I'm thinking about how to phrase this. The Sixers don't have Embiid and they win game one on the road. They have a second star. He has a huge game. Yes. That's what I'm getting to. Reverse that. No fucking chance. That's all I'm asking. If Jokic isn't there and they're on the road, do they have any chance of winning that game? And then Embiid comes back and they get fucking blowed. They get schmied on. They totally got schmied on. This absolute schmeeding. 35 point loss. Not to mention. You look at just, I mean, look at their records without their guy through the year. That's another thing. I think Denver goes like five and eight and 
something like that in that ballpark without Jokic and and be, and the Sixers go, you know, 12 and 4 or 15 and 6 or some, you know. It's really not that hard. I mean, listen, again, Joel Embiid's a fucking great player. And when you take his rim protecting and you combine it with the fact that he led the league in scoring and you combine it with the fact that they won 56 games or whatever, 57 games, and they're a third seed, no one's saying this isn't an MVP quality season. I mean, you have this season against Michael fucking Jordan's seasons or against LeBron. Yeah, you win it. But like the statistics are there record wise. You're fucking identical statistics wise on a base level on a non-advanced statistics level Embiid scoring and blocks, you know, Jokic assists, rebounds, whatever, like shooting percentage, shooting three percent, point percentage. That. Yeah. All that stuff. But then you get in the, so like, let's call it a wash there. And then you go to advanced statistics and Jokic blows them out of the water. And, and also, and let me just say this again, from a guy who historically across sports, like I don't value advanced statistics as much as the other people, but guess what? I'm pairing the advanced statistics, the base statistics, the record with my eye test. And to me, Jokic, dude, I mean, I listen, go back and listen last episode. I was like, he's winning it. My eyes tell me. He's fucking winning it. Like, he's winning it. Yeah. And and again, who's more like it's most valuable player. And to me, the the award, if you look at the voting, it couldn't be clearer that those guys like if it had been a 50-50 vote, okay. There's guys making your argument. And B running away with it to me says. There are guys either who don't want to give the award three times in a row or got swayed by the race conversation or got swayed by, uh, you know, uh, uh, and Breed's not giving his, getting his credit or whatever. But like the idea that he like, I don't think if you took a poll of people who watch 50 plus NBA games in a year and said, who's the MVP that you're going to have 75% of them say Joel Embiid. I just don't think it. Yeah. Well, and again, we'll see how this plays out with their teams. I think personally, I think Denver's going to run away with that Sun series. I think they're going to make it to the finals. You have a Lakers Warriors series, which in my head is going to go seven. And if the Suns tap out early, you're going to have a rested Denver team. Now that can hurt teams at times. But you know, I, I just think again because you have the most valuable player on your team. Whereas, dude, the Sixers can win games without Embiid, and they can get blown out with him. I don't know what happened last night, but they got they got absolutely destroyed. And sometimes, listen, it's the NBA. You're in the conference semifinals. Teams are hitting their shots. You're not like you, you know, we can, this is an easy transition over to my series, Nick's heat, but like, fuck dude, the heat almost won game two. I know they're hitting their fucking shots. They're I hitting know. their shots and the Knicks aren't. 
The Knicks just aren't shooting well. The Heat are. With Jimmy Butler out, with Hero out, with these guys out, like the Knicks have a better roster top to bottom. But they could easily be down 2 0 because the Heat are making shots and the Knicks aren't. And it's a fucking grind. Now, I think again they have a they have a coaching advantage. Um, but th- this series is gonna be and, and listen, Jimmy Butler didn't play with an ankle injury. Julius Randle and Brunton did play with an ankle injury. The three of them questionable. I wouldn't bet anything on if I had to, if I had to put my money on which of these three guys plays, my money would have been on Jimmy Butler. It's not listen. That could be Spolstra again. That could be Pat Riley again being like, hey, we can hang with this team without him. But if we're going to win a championship, we need him. So he needs to be healthy. We don't really have to like if he sits today and then he gets three games off, three days off, and then we get a home game tied 1-1. That's actually in our better interest than we go up 2-0 and this guy's fucking on a bad ankle going forward. So, um, that being said, the Knicks have been fine in Miami this year. Um, and, but they've got to start hitting their shots. If they keep shooting the way they are, it's, it's a, it's going to be a bad, bad series for them. Would you say the favorite of the four West teams, whoever comes out would be the favorite. I'm sorry. Would you say the winner of the West? Well, yeah, but I, but I also said, I said that I, I say that based on, I say that based on me thinking the team with the best chance of beating a Denver team who I thought was coming out. Basically, if you go back and you, I, I said both one seats come out and I think the team with the best chance of beating Denver is another team with a guy who plays, you know, in the post a lot, big guy, really great defensively, really long a deep team, they, they get eliminated in the first round. The The East is a wild card at this point. I mean, you look at it just, a, just based on the forget Knicks Heat beating each other up and then having an, and then one of those teams, a five seed or an eight seed, having an appearance in an Eastern Conference Finals with, you know, fucking no pressure whatsoever. We're not even supposed to be here today. You know, so you get that, you get, you get the confidence of being hot, being in the Eastern conference finals against a a team, a team, whichever team comes out of the two, three, that's probably going to be in a dog fight and does have the pressure is expected to win. I mean, we see it all over sports right now. Nobody believes in us. You know what I mean? But like the, the heat, whoever plays the winner of the Sixers, uh, Boston series are truly going to have the nobody believes in us thing going for them. And if you're a team who comes out of that Eastern conference finals and then has to go up against again, whoever comes out of the West, probably Denver, in my opinion, a lot can happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, at this point without it being the box, I think, I think it is the, the team that wins the West, but you know, we'll see. We'll see who ends up coming out. How did they uh, receive Aaron Rodgers at that game? Very well. 
because obviously I watched the game and like I like I saw most of the second half. Yeah, and I didn't know who was there. I just wasn't sure if they. No, I mean obviously he's going to be received really well from from Jets fans. Um, the mixed bag in New York of you know if you go to a a Knicks game, you know you're going to have a you're going to have a you know I don't want to say an even mix, but a pretty even mix of Jets Giants fans in terms of football fandom. But in a situation like that, it's uh, everybody's sort of just it's it's almost like a New York thing. It's like fuck yeah, dude. You're like you're a huge sports star in town, and you're here supporting the Knicks. Like we're in, dude. Uh, the stars have been coming out, man. Now that being said, I, I nothing upsets me more than Carmelo Anthony getting a standing ovation from Knicks fans. I was gonna. Like, say, I was that gonna... makes me want to fucking kill myself, and and like like it makes me want to, um, it makes me want to like go like house to house well, in New York well, talking to Knicks fans. Well, let me ask you this. And I know obviously we've, we've, we've talked to Carmelo thing at length on the show since we've been around, but from just a winning perspective, take me to just the mindset of a New York Knicks fan to defend Melo when they never did Would they win one playoff series with him there. Yeah. So they win one playoff series in his entire tenure. What so, are the ex- l- l- like, me, like? What l- are the excuses? Let me talk. Let me say that. Let me let me give you. Let me give you. It's sort of. It's sort of going to answer your question, but at the same time, it's. I think it's. So I saw the other day the talk of re- retiring Mello's number in Denver. Correct. George Carl's been on this a lot on now, his Twitter. He has the same number as Jokic. So. Here's one thing. 15 will be retired in Denver. One way or the other, it'll be retired in Denver. It may be retired twice in Denver, but it would be retired once. Now, I saw under that conversation, and I don't know if it was necessarily under George Carl's tweet or somebody else talking about it, but somebody said Carmelo's seven should be retired in New York. As a Knicks fan, a lifelong Knicks fan, first of all, I'm offended. But second of all, let me say this. Jalen Brunson gets through this round. He has more of an argument to have 11 retired in New York than Carmelo Anthony does seven. You come to a team that was on the cusp. You take them to the second round. You take them to an Eastern Conference Finals. I'm getting ahead of ourselves here, but if it happened... Jalen Brunson would have a better argument for having 11 retired in New York than Carmelo Anthony would have seven. What would be the argument otherwise? He once scored 62? Who gives a shit? If you look at historically, the team was on its way to a playoffs with Amari Stoudemire who I believe in his first year in New York got MVP votes. I don't believe Carmelo Anthony got MVP votes or got top three MVP votes in the year that they did make it to the second round. Now I'm not necessarily going to make the argument. Amari Stoudemire has a better case for getting his number retired. 
even though I might believe it. But this whole thing about Carmelo Anthony coming home and what he did, dude, you didn't do shit. Jalen Brunson goes to the Eastern Conference Finals. He has a better argument to get 11 retired after one full season in New York than Carmelo Anthony has of getting seven retired for his whole career. Denver can do whatever it wants. But but again, what, not like, my like, team, not my problem. To go back to my question though, like what? So what? Not you. I want to know what the Carmelo defender, the New Dude, York I, Knicks. I, I will tell you this: what, are, like, what is their mindset? Why why are they they so stuck? Listen, on, there's Cleveland. I bet you there's Cleveland fans out there that think Kyrie should have his number retired one day. I bet you there's people out there who think well, like like people become fans of teams. Of, of players these days. And he was a star and he came to New York and everybody was on board and, and they're like, Oh, look at what he did. And he scored 62. It's a very Kobe like, you know, approach, even though Kobe obviously won championships and an MVP and whatever, but it's a very like stat scoring. I mean, if you look around basketball conversations all time, Michael Jordan's a better scorer than LeBron James because he averaged more points per game. Well, he took more shots. He took more fucking shots. Like the idea that people can't separate, you, you take the most shots, you score the most points is ridiculous. It's just fascinating, like how well he's loved. And you're like, it's but not really dude, that fascinating. People are dumb. Yeah, I know. I and get don't that. look a lot deeper. A lot, casual sports fans don't look past the casual statistics. Joel Embiid, he's scoring 33 points a game. He led the league in scoring this year. Why wouldn't he be the MVP? I don't know, because there's 40 other stats. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony, great scorer. Cool. They didn't win shit. I, you know, you hear the, all the time when I do the argument, which I've done a thousand times, Jordan, LeBron, Jordan never lost the finals. Cool, but he got swept by the Celtics. Oh, you're going to fucking, you're going to shit on him for that? He scored 63 points in a playoff game. Cool, pass. Maybe you'd have won. You, di you didn't win scoring 63. Try passing. Yeah. I know it's 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 just something that's LeBron and this Lakers team are where they are right now because everyone's involved. Oh, they're yeah. not winning a championship if everyone's not involved. This the the Jokic Nuggets team are the favorite because everyone's involved. And B should win because he scores 33 points. The reason the Nuggets are a better team. Is because he doesn't score 33 points a game. It's because he's getting nine assists a game. Sure. And forget, forget the fact that unlike our boy Ryan Klatt's sport hockey, you get absolutely no statistical evaluation for the pass before the pass. Or else LeBron James and Jokic would never have not one MVPs. Yeah. If you got any sort of 
statistical point for pass before the pass, LeBron would have won 10 straight. Jokic would be on his way to four next year. Well, my MVP of light beer is Miller Light, Joe. It's not even my MVP of light beer. It's my MVP of beer. It's my MVP of alcoholic beverages. It's my MVP of beverages. It's my MVP of liquid. There you go. If the, if the oceans and the seas and the lakes and the rivers on Earth flowed with Miller Light, the world would be a better place. It's my goat liquid. It's the original. It's the goat. And all these things have changed over time. All these new type of alcohol drinks, not going to name any, all those various seltzers, whatever they are. The one thing that has stand at the test of time, the Miller Lite, guys. Miller Lite. It's, it's the, the simple OG light beer that you and your friends can get together, watch some NBA playoffs, put on the game, hang out, and enjoy the great taste and less filling. Light beer with the flavor you love tastes like Miller time to get Miller Lite delivered right to your door. You don't even have to leave your house. Simply visit MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Well, speaking of MVPs, mm-hmm. I, I just saw something about a former MVP. You know yeah. me, got to get a quick little Lamar Jackson oh, discussion. God, I mean, listen. No, this is kind of funny to me. This is funny to me. But remember I just, a Reddit thread a couple of weeks ago? Praying on every fucking episode. Jesus Christ. Lamar, we're going to talk Lamar. Like, we, the, the if you add talks about Lamar Jackson to the Dirty Sports drinking game. Well, I just, I can't, I, here's my thing. I just think it's funny what he just said. He just signed his contract. Yeah. And, uh, the headline Lamar said he wants to throw. He just said this today. He wants to throw for 6,000 yards in a season. Lamar, you'll love this. So do you want to know my thoughts on that, Andy? I think there's like 10, 500 yard games in history or seven or eight or something like that. Lamar Jackson would have to do it for all 12 games he plays. Well, that's funny and true. But this is what he said. And then I'm going to say something. He said, I think I told someone like, man, I want to throw for 6,000 yards with the weapons we have here. And then he goes on to say he's not an individual, you know, blah, 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 stats. So the record is 5,477 by Peyton Manning in 2013. Here's what I want to say to Lamar quickly. Why don't we start with 3,500 yards, Lamar? You've never in Oh, your is that cr- true? You never thrown for 3,500 yards. Dude, the most yards he's ever thrown for in a season is 3,127. Now, he's rushing for a lot of yards, so you combine the two. It's, it's a great statistical season. So he essentially has to throw for twice as many yards as he's ever thrown for. And that was in his MVP season. His last three seasons, he has never eclipsed 3,000 yards. And he's talking about 6,000 yards. Okay. 
you've officially gotten cuckoo. But hey, I don't know, man. I I I think uh, I can't. I look forward to him throwing for exactly thirty five hundred and ten yards, and people going, "What's up now, Ruther? What do you have to say about it now? You said he wouldn't throw for thirty five hundred yards, and he fucking did." No, I think he will throw for thirty five hundred yards I this year. I, I actually think he will. It's uh, it's crazy to me though. I, I I wanted to cut back to the NBA real quick. Sure. I was reading like an in depth article mm-hmm. about the future of the TV deals, courtesy of the Athletic. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously gonna be the biggest deal ever. So that's after the 2025 season, I believe. Cor- correct. Or is it after next season? Regardless, I think it, it's after 2025. But here's what's going to be interesting what's going to happen. The last TV deal, the NBA stuck with ESPN and TNT. So it would be ESPN, ABC, right? Who they own and TNT. They're saying, like, that's not going to happen. They're already projecting. And this is where the TNT, this is what I want to bring up. The TNT thing gets real interesting. They're saying like, they're going to follow the NFL's lead. The NFL is like, we're going to Amazon. We're going to Apple. Like, dude, nobody has cable. And in two years, less people are going to have cable. But they're saying this is where it gets interesting. A lot of those. It's amazing how much the NBA on TNT, the, the, the show, the, the, you know, Kenny, Shaq, Charles, it's amazing how much like that's something that people are like, can like what? How does this? Where do they go? Well, that's the thing. They don't have right. their own like standalone streaming, right. Right? right? So that's that's literally what the article was talking about. They're like, I okay, and I haven't read the article, but I'm just assuming people it, like this. This is like this beyond when you talk about like Monday Night Football or whatever. It's like it's the most important sports broadcasting team. A hundred percent by, by, a, by a, a thousand percent. So that's the discussion is will TNT have like a standalone streaming app? I'm sure they do like, or I don't know what they have now, but like where let's say the NBA wants to go the route of these other leagues. Let's say they want to go to Amazon or whatever. Does that crew kick over there? Because they wanted to stay with cable before, but technology, and we all know how much that has changed. It, it, it Here's the thing. You make a good point because I find myself after these games, even when they're late, like I was talking about that Lakers-Warriors game, I had to see what those guys had to say for about sure. 10 minutes. Yeah, they're the best. And it's a combination of their knowledge and their and the entertainment value. I mean, they're not the they're not the best analytical team. No, from you know that standpoint, but the their combination of the humor, their their chemistry, obviously they're pretty good and you know analysts. Um, but all that together, yeah. I mean, listen, you know we've seen it before with like. The, the, they share those guys with CBS for March Madness and TBS and TNT and all that stuff like that. All that, like those guys are going to be 
out there. They're going to be doing it one way or the other. And the TV deal is going to be so big that somebody's going to factor that in. Plus $100 million that we got to fucking give to those guys. Like my girlfriend now is big into them. Simply from me having it on. To the point that she was watching. My girlfriend loves Shaq. Yeah, so exactly. And she's not watching like my girlfriend's not watching these games. Just so like it might be background noise. But my point is. She was seeing for the first time. This was no lie two weeks ago when Kenny runs the screen. And she's like, can you explain this to me? Dude, she straight up watched. She was on her phone that night watching a YouTube compilation. Of them running to the screen. And that the famous part of it was the famous thing into the Christmas tree. And she couldn't get enough. Yeah. And to the point, like last night, she's like, can you rewind it? Like rubber ducks fell on the set. And she's like, no, 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 what happened? What did I miss? What did I miss? I'm like, it's just, it's just a get, it's just like a gag. Rubber. Yeah. She's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm not, I'm hold, I'm feeding the baby at this point. I was like, I'm yeah. not putting her down to rewind. It's like, not like, this is how tuned in. Oh, my girlfriend loves Shaq. My girlfriend makes me do Shaq the whole time. She's like, do Shaq. She wants to go to Shacktoberfest. What's Shacktoberfest? Shacktoberfest is like haunted Knott's Berry Farm hosted by fucking Shaq or some shit like what? that. What? Yeah. That's a thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's Shacktoberfest. Awesome. It's the greatest, it's the greatest Toberfest of all time. A lot of people think you should go to Germany and drink the beer. I think you should go to an amusement park and get scared by me. Can you imagine Shaq, Shaq jumping out and scaring you? That'd be terrifying. Yeah. How long has he done that? I don't know. Oh no, it's not. It's not it. Not it's. A, it's. I think it's on the Queen Mary or whatever down in Long Beach. Come oh, on a boat. Gonna... Come on a boat. I'll scare you. That's even more scary. They thought about calling me. Uh, there was a point where they thought about. Nicknaming me the Titanic, but I never go down. <laughs> oh, man. You, you ever bring that Shaq impression into the bedroom? Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's what you should add to your cameo. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, listen, all my cameo. Anybody who's ever bought a cameo for me should know this because there's been other requests and anybody who wants to ever buy a cameo for me should know uh all impressions are you know i i've said before i'll say it again i'm 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 easily bought and paid for like you want coach o to wish you a happy birthday it's happened you want Jack to talk dirty to your girlfriend i shared my brother with my brother like in the last few months your coach o on ways yeah He's obsessed, man. <laughs> and like, I forgot about it. Yeah. But like he, he, and then he'll Call forget. Calling an audible. And then, and then I'll, and then he'll forget. Right. And he'll be in the car with like a six year old. Like, oh man. And he's just, you know, like turn around yes. and suck my tag of dick. Yeah. He's like, yeah. man, I got my kid right in the car. <laughs> I, I had it on the other day. Cause I, I usually go Google maps, but occasionally we'll go ways. And I went ways and it's like, congratulations, you made it to the promised land. <laughs> you have arrived. So how many of those voices did you have to record? Well, so it's different than like, ba- basically they just have 
they piece it together for you. So you just do all the distances, quarter mile, half mile, one mile. And then they'll, they take your things and they'll be like in a half mile, turn around, you know? Uh, so I don't know the, uh, there's probably 30 or 40 prompts, but not as many as you think, because you're not actually saying all the things when you do a custom one, they piece it together with the, the, but the bits and you pieces. were adding like suck my tiger dick. Yeah. And- yeah. Yeah. Well, it was like, you know, reroute, calling an audible. That's hilarious. Yeah. So uh, we have a, we, we discussed last episode, Chris Humphreys. Mm-hmm. Just randomly. Yeah. We actually have an update. Great. From a <laughs> we caller? Have, we, have you... a, we have a Chris Humphreys update from someone who knows someone who knows some who knows. Okay. Him. I know it's it's so random, but I I have to play it. Where is it? Here we go. What up, guys? This is TK from Minnesota calling. Um, Not really sure where this call is going. I just heard you guys talking about Chris Humphreys and all that, so I thought I'd give you guys a life update on him, my roommate's best friend's dad. He's like best friends with him. And apparently you're not calling. Uh, um, not really sure where this oh, call sorry. is going. I, I, I just, just want to, I was going to try to say is my roommates. Yeah. Real Ferris Bueller. Best situation. friends. Dad. Saw Chris Humphreys the 37 flavors last night. Chris Humphreys and all that. So I thought I'd give you guys a life update on him. My roommate's best friend's dad is like best friends with him and apparently you're not allowed to bring up cam at all like you don't bring it up under any circumstance so whatever that is but yeah he just owns a bunch of five guys like crispin greens which are like a healthier chipotle i would say and just fucks around and was on way for the tonka or something but i guess he'll be at the wedding i'm going to it's fucked up, so I'll let you guys know if he does anything out of pocket. But yeah, just wild to think about the life he was living with uh, Kim K, and now he's uh, not doing that at all. But uh, so yeah, there's your Chris Humphreys life update slash correspondent. Uh, correspondent. <laughs> So what up guys? This is this is a you know what the, you know what my favorite part about this is the irony that Chris Humphreys post basketball career, what he's doing for a profession is the same reason I'm assuming he broke up with Kim. Five guys. You can see Joe live tonight at the uh where <laughs> Uh, well, you can see me this Friday at Laugh City in Glendale or Atwater Village, wherever it is. <laughs> Try the chicken tenders. They're amazing. Yeah. So he's in Minnesota. That That is interesting. He's still in Minnesota. I guess, did he finish with the T-Wolves, I assume? He said, what was the other restaurant he owns? Five Guys in? Some sort of healthier Chipotle? Which I guess could be anything that serves burritos. Oh, dude, I had such a bad experience. Recently. Chipotle. Oh man, 
I went, they just opened one like right by where I live. And I go up there. First of all, can, can we just discuss briefly how the, and I understand because it's this worker shortage, which again, I can't figure out because like where did everybody go? But the quality of service you get at a place like that or fast food or any restaurant is so bad now. And it's so funny to me though, how they can just do it because it's like, well, you have no other choices. So I go up to this Chipotle that just opened. No one's in there. And I walk up and I'm like, hey, I'm going to get uh, whatever I was getting, like a steak burrito. And she said, well, the presser that presses the burrito doesn't work. They literally opened like a week before. I was like, she goes, so it's going to have to be a cold burrito. And I was like, well, you still have the flour, right? She's like, yeah. Like, so just make the burrito. Like, like I, you know, I, I don't need the presser. Just, you know, I still want a burrito. So whatever. She's annoyed that I have her do that. And then they're all just standing around. Like literally everybody's standing there. And I'm like, how is just looking at me? And I'm like, are we, are we not like, what's, what's going on here? And then I asked for guacamole and she just goes, we don't got any at the cash register. And then somebody yells out, yeah, we do. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, what is happening? By the time I was done, there was eight people deep in the line. Yeah. And they didn't get any single other person. They were all focused on me. And literally, it was a burrito, it was a bowl, and it was guacamole and chips. And then she did the same thing. We're out of chips. And then somebody else was like, no, we're not. And I'm like, I mean, it seems like they might be getting their fucking getting their sea legs on a new store, but still. Well, what that's what my brother, here? that's what my brother told me in the food business. He said, and this is a good piece of advice. I'll give dirt balls. He, he works for Cisco. He said, never, ever go to any place within the first three the, months. Yeah. First yeah. three months. Like you gotta give it like three months. He's like, the presser is probably legit. It didn't work because they're getting parts, but like also like, who are they hiring? Yeah. I was like, what Did you see happening? the story about the Louisville McDonald's two 10 year olds are working at? <laughs> Can you imagine being the only two employees in a McDonald's and being so young that the milkshake machine hasn't worked the entire time you're on earth? <laughs> like, can I get a milkshake? They're like, there's never been a milkshake machine here. It's never worked. Not one day. And they're like, what are you talking about? They're like, not in the 10 years I've been alive coming to this McDonald's. I don't understand. Imagine still qualifying for a happy meal and making the happy meals. He's like a toy for you and a toy for me. One for you, one for me. So the 10-year-old children were working at that McDonald's till 10 a.m. Or I'm sorry, 2 a.m. Yeah. But here's the crazy part. More than 300 ch children were found working at McDonald's restaurants across Kentucky and several other states. Bro, what is happening? So 305 children have been found to be working at McDonald's across 62, 62 locations in Kentucky, Indiana, Maryland, and Ohio. My neck of the woods. Most of those states. Bro. Can you imagine? Dude, I would lose Can you imagine shit. living there? Can you imagine living in Kentucky and every day having your news be about like what you can or can't do to kids in school? Like, I don't think kids in school should be talking about what do you care? 
your kid's sleeping through school because you have him working at McDonald's till 2 a.m. Here's a here's a Kentucky here's a Kentucky reference for it. Speaking Can of we stop like, talking about sexuality in the schools. Your kid isn't even your kid's fucking a chick by the fry machine because apparently you <laughs> raised him as an adult. Here's a Kentucky story for you. I go to the Kentucky Derby in college. I, I come back. I stay with my buddy who lives in Louisville. We're at his parents' house. They put on the news. No lie. I, dude, I'm not making this up. This was the this was the lead news story in Louisville. Two guys raped and sodomized a homeless man. And I just remember being like, yo. Yo. What is going on in Louisville? That was like 15 years ago. Apparently not much has changed. Yeah. What would you do if you went to order? I mean, that's actually a serious question. What would you do if you went to order? I'd wait until my food came out. And then when I went to pay, I'd just like hold it up in the air above my head. And I'd be like, yeah, it's yours. If you can grab it. <laughs> and then I'd fucking leave my free food. Either that or I'd call child protective services. <laughs> I find this very alarming as a former McDonald's worker. As you guys know, I had a little stint there in high school. Made that hamburger outfit very famous for, <laughs> for kids' parties. I, I want to get a hamburger outfit again. Maybe that's what I'll do. A little side gig, a little side hustle. Start her little college fun, working as hamburger. Hamburg I can't even say it. Hamburglar. Hamburglar. All right, you know what? This show's off the rails. 310-359-8365. That's the hotline. If you're a minor and you work at McDonald's, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Give us a ring. Let's get to the bottom of this. this I, mean, is I don't think any I don't think any of them listen to this show. I think they're too busy going to school, then doing their homework, and then working the graveyard shift at McDonald's. Well, it's about time, Joe. Maybe we should follow China's lead. You know, there's yeah. a reason they're number one. They go to school and they work. That's all they do, right? Yep. Follow us on Twitter. I don't know what I was going to say. Instagram, the whole TikTok, everything. Dirty sports. We are there. I'm at Joe Prano on all social media. Uh, you can still follow my Substack. Go find that. Subscribe there for free. JoePrano.com for shows. JoePrano.com forward slash shows for all shows. Uh, got a bunch of shows in and around Los Angeles coming up. Um, Ventura, San Diego, uh, in and around actual LA. Um, Vegas, end of last week of May, first week of June, followed by East Coast trip. June 7th, Wednesday, June 7th. New York Comedy Club, Stanford, Connecticut. If you're in and around the tri-state area, come on down. It's going to be a very special and exciting show. Uh, all my shows there. Go and come see one. And like Andy said, I'm still on Cameo. Yeah, man. You're on Cameo. Oh, one also, last thing. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do your fucking, I'll do, uh, I'll do, you know, personalized ways, fucking directions if you want. Yeah. And one last thing. If you guys need any of the, uh, the Gerber formula Soothe Pro. I cleaned out the target here in Anderson Township. So I'm doing you bought it all out. Yeah, I tweeted about I tweet. I wanted people to know, like, am I a dick for what I did? Wait, what'd you do? Explain it to me because I, I don't think I saw your tweet. 
So I love like there's one formula that she she prefers. Yeah, like the other ones, it just turns into a, a vomit fest. Okay, so she has one working food source right now. One working food source, and uh, it's always been out of stock. Okay, and like there's been a baby formula shortage for like I don't know year and a half, two years. Like I Thanks I didn't follow Obama. it. Yeah, I didn't follow it closely enough until obviously I had a kid. So our local pediatrician is great, and they'll have samples. And like they've hooked us up a few times with samples, or like I randomly saw three cans. But you can't. It's not. This isn't something you can buy like no. on Amazon or some shit. No. And all their yeah. websites are so like, dude. It's like a real deal, right? So I actually went to my pediatrician. And my well, first said, of all, what you should do is you should definitely tell us the a name and type again in case dirt balls are out there and see it in their stores and want to mail it to you. Well, I, mean, I think you, I'm, you do have a dirt ball army here. I, I, you're right, but I, I think I might be good now if you hear this story. Oh, so, how much of it did you buy? <laughs> so, anyway, I'm at my There's doctor's no expiration on these things, or is there? It's like a year and a half. Okay, and she'll be eating salt food. Your kid, your kid will be eating fucking Chipotle burritos by then. Yeah, she'll be working at McDonald's by then. So, <laughs> I, I, uh, anyway, I'm at my doctor's. I'm at the pediatrician's the other day because they had to sign some stuff for for her pending daycare, which is going to be great for her. Uh, good luck. And uh, anyway, they give me a couple samples. Okay. And the the woman in the doctor's office, like with her family, she walks over. I'm thinking, oh, she's going to ask for something. I'm going to have to give her one of mine. Like, whatever. She goes, hey, uh, just so you know, the Target on Beachmont Avenue got a big supply of that baby formula last night. She's like, my daughter's the same way. It's the only thing she'll eat. And I know how hard it can be as a parent. She's like, I go there right now. I got some. So you went night. there and you went and you bought them out of stock. So they had eight large cans left. Okay. And then I had a moral dilemma. I was like, Oh, fuck them kids. I know. So eight large cans. So I thought there'd be a limit. So I asked the two target employees by yeah. the next aisle. I say, is there a limit? And they're like, no. And this is even funnier. I called Brittany and I was like, do I take all eight? And of I, course, like, I can't parents? believe you thought about this. I was like, but we all know like this is going to be an issue if she runs out of this. And she's like, do what you want. Do what you think you need to do. So I buy six of them. That's a mob wife shit. Do what you need to do. <laughs> I don't want to know anything about your business. I buy six of them. And on my way out, my buddy calls me and I'm literally already at my car and I'm telling him and I go, should I just bought all of them? And he goes, dude, like he, this is what he said. He's like, dude, your daughter, like your, your health, your mental health. Like if this runs out and I just said, yeah, you're right. And I literally went right back in and cleaned them out. So yeah, I, I probably bought I myself. Even, I, I don't even think that's that even that big a deal. You know, like, but no. I put it on Twitter. I was like, am I a dick or just looking out for my daughter? Most people said looking out. A lot of people said both. Fuck that. Fuck that noise. If I went well, and there was like, if I went, if there was that Miller Lite shortage and then I went to a fucking supermarket and there was like two 12 packs left, I'd be like, these are my fucking 12 packs. Yeah. And I guess eight's a lot, but dude, in the scheme of things, it's really not like 
that it's that, not the only place in fucking town that's got it. Like somebody yeah. else has got to do their fucking dude. We're we're like two years removed from people fucking taking all the goddamn toilet paper and shit. You're well, that's what I thought of. I was yeah. like, am I am I this asshole? No, you're not. Yeah. Well, if anybody needs any, the markup price. You should say if you anybody needs any, go find it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, let's let's get to the weekend. All right, guys, have a uh, great rest of your week. We'll be back on Monday. And as always, stay dirty.